three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody. Simon Severino, your host. And my guest today is Professor Ed Duke. He's an elite improvisational actor and sketch comedian, best-selling author, and the founder and CEO of Business Improv. I just listened to his book, his latest book, uh, while running the last six days, and I absolutely loved it. I had to stop running because I was laughing so hard. We will go today into how you can increase business agility, ways to make meetings suck less, and techniques for boosting collaboration. Welcome everybody, Bob Coolhan. Simon, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hello everybody. It's so cool to have you. I love your book. And I have read so many books about comedians. I have a fable for comedians, for comedian biographies, for everything improv. Your book is amazing. It's the best of business and improv because what's what's not out there is the intersect of how you actually use improv so what's a lot out there and you say it in the book is well this is a fun exercise let's do a fun exercise just to energize but that's absolutely a waste of time and those times are over on the other side there is business hey, and here is uh, the business tool and this is the process and those things are helpful but sometimes very boring and so the energy goes down you have found the intersection energy in the here and now so i love the book we have to talk about the book and you are also doing consulting and you have a course i want to know everything bob what are you currently up to uh you know uh, first of all thank you for that fantastic introduction and uh someone who's a fellow improviser uh, i really appreciate that you like the book as well because my background my formal degree is in business and the school of hard knocks the last uh, almost 29 years of my life dedicated to the art of improvisation and the last 23 of those 29 years, the intersection of improv and business. And so we're uh, in business improv. We, we innovate, we, we are an innovation hothouse and we're constantly looking, growing, exploring, experimenting, trying to find the different uh, mediums through which we can deliver this and ways that we can reach reach our audiences so that people can actually access and use and transfer these tools and techniques. So we're, we're deep in the innovation process yet again. So when you say we are an innovation hothouse today, I had a meeting and some of my colleagues, the code, the sprint coaches were like, Simon, but this tool looks different than the book. And I say, yeah, cause the tools, we use them every week. So every week we improve the tools, the book, I cannot rewrite the chapter. So that book yeah. was old one minute after publishing. So how do you how do you balance innovating and not losing your team or losing people behind when you are such a hothouse? Absolutely. Like your book, you know, that's the textbook, right? That's the foundational stuff that if you read it and you really start implementing it, create a very strong base on which we can build. And that means that we build. That means that we continue to erect architecture and design new models for building if that foundation is really good. So that's really where that book comes into place. It's not meant to be the end all be all. It's meant to be a solid starting 
point for all of this, or what I call it is the textbook. This is the, the 101. And that means that we have infinite blue skies and blue waters, and we can uh, fly and soar and sail as much as we want to, because we have a good, strong foundation on which we can build. And most people right now in our community are asking, wow, how can I adapt to these fast changes? How can I be quicker in, in jumping onto the opportunities? Because I still find myself freezing. I, I'm like in a post-traumatic freeze because of all the things happening so fast out there, financial crisis, banking collapsing, cash flows, all these things happening so fast. There are opportunities coming up, but I am still in freezing mode. How can I get faster into playing mode? So that fight, flight, or freeze, I think is important to recognize. And I don't think there's one strong, correct answer. So the freeze, especially when it comes to like rapid change and dynamic movement outside of our control, like banking collapses or uh, government shutdowns, debt ceiling collapses, a global pandemic, you know, it's okay to freeze and kind of regroup and figure out like, where am I right now? And how do I move forward? Because agility for the sake of agility just means that you can move quickly. You've got to look to marry agility with adaptability. And this is where if you go back to 2020, at least in the circles that I heard over and over again, the word of 2020 was probably pivot. We have to pivot. We have to pivot to do this and that and this and that. I don't think most people are using that word correctly because pivoting is where agility and adaptability come together. You know what your true north is. You know the target that you want to hit and you just have to continue to shift and move to get to that target ultimately. And that's really where the skill set of improvisation comes into place. It's not to negate the strategy you have. It's to operate more effectively in the strategy that you have and be able to adapt the strategy to the things that are outside of our control, like all those things that we just mentioned before. So agility is that strong unconscious competence, muscle memory. It's, it's how fast can you move? How fast can you be on your toes? And then where Mary's with adaptability is how do you apply it? And the other things that they're telling us is, Hey, my way of dealing with all these changes, I just speed up and speed up and speed up. But actually, I feel like I'm burning out because yes. yeah. I don't have the new direction yet. Yeah, there's a great phrase in improv called think slow to move fast. So think slow to move fast is similar to what uh, the US Navy SEALs call slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And that's the ability in real time to slow the world down, to picture the things around you and see things and understand things with greater clarity. The way that I often compare or uh, create a, a, a metaphor and analogy around things slow to move fast is the first movie, The Matrix. Have you ever seen the, the good, the good movie, The Matrix? Oh, yeah. You know yeah, you know when the 360 degree cameras are first introduced to us, you see Neo leaning backwards with his big classic jacket, the bullets are shooting by him. You see the ripples behind the bullet, it starts passing by him, he's looking at them. One of them actually cuts through, right, exactly. That's the definition of think slow to move fast. Mm. It's in times of chaos and 
a tumult that is outside of our control that we have the ability to see the ripples behind the bullet as it's passing us. And so this is a skill set that actually relates directly with agility because people think agility is fast, 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 fast. When in reality, speed is not always necessary to be agile or adaptable. And so it's thinking slow is slow the world down. Take a deep breath. Take I'm a baseball fan. And so in baseball, sometimes when there's a new pitcher and the batter sees this pitcher for the first time, the, the batter is told to take a pitch. And that's just literally watch the ball go by. Look at what the movement of the pitcher is. Get the, the speed of the ball. Just watch the ball go by so you get a greater sense of familiarity with the surroundings, the environment, the competition. And no one remembers that you took a pitch. Everyone will remember that home run that you hit after taking the pitch. And so that's similar to thinking slow to move fast. There's a, a misnomer that improv is fast. It's not. Sometimes it is. Overall, though, it's the ability to slow the world down, to connect with people, listen to people, build off of people, understand the environment, understand the situation at a greater level so that you can then move quickly from point A to point B. I was listening to your book, Getting to Yes And, The Art of Business Improv by Bob Colhan as an audiobook. I love it. It was your voice, right? It was my voice, so I should probably Very apologize. well narrated, amazing. <laughs> and it reminded me of the original idea of improv. If, if I got it right with Keith Johnston, the idea was, hey, why is theater so boring and soccer is so emotional? People go to a soccer stadium, they go, Whoa! and it's, it's not really much going on there. And then you go to a Shakespeare piece in an amazing opera house. And people are like bored to death, but there is a lot actually going on. So how is it possible that that emotion doesn't actually play out? And and he was like, okay, maybe maybe we change the process. And if the process is more improv, uh, more with the real energy of the moment and with the real material that is here, maybe we get that emotion into the room. And um, fascinating idea. And I had a spark of that in your book. So how can we have meetings that work with the energy that's here? Programs, strategy, execution, that's with the energy of the here instead of you know cognitive planning energy or whatever boring stuff people come up with. So how, how did uh, writing the book uh, change you? So, well, I actually heard two questions inside there, Simon. So I'll start with the, the latter and then maybe circle back to what I heard before. Um, writing the book changed me because I, though, so the way that I link improvisation to business, as you know, is through the behavioral sciences, behavioral psychology, cognitive psychology, org theory, behavioral economics, you know, studying how and why we make decisions in real time on an individual basis, how we make decisions in real time as an individual inside of a collective and how the collective or the team itself makes decisions in real time. And so I always took this very academic approach to linking improvisation to business with this goal of making these tools and techniques accessible, easy, almost like no brainers for people like, oh, I should be, why am I not using these techniques? The book, though, in writing it made me become even more introspective because I wanted to bring a little more of that art. You know, 20, 
three years ago, you could not say, let's have fun in business. You couldn't. Like you'd improv was immediately dismissed already. Yet, you know, if you said something like, we're gonna have fun, then it's even more dismissed. Now in 2023, people are like, we need to have more fun. We need we need some more energy inside our meetings. We need to increase engagement and involvement and inclusion. And this art form is is great for that itself. And so writing that book changed me because it made me think about the art of improvisation as it marries to the business of improvisation. Now, I'm going to pause and ping this back to you because I the first not question question that I heard was, why are meetings so damn boring? <laughs> yes, what happened that we we are all saying, hey, let's let's bring more energy into this. Why are organizations, why are meetings uh, more boring nowadays? I don't know that they are more boring. They're just a different type of boring because we've been always in business improv. We've been brought into increased engagement since 1999, 2000, when we were first formed. People were like, well, how could I increase, increase engagement inside our meetings when everybody's sitting around a board room table or, you know, a and a circle, a trust circle or whatever. It's like, you, well, you have to design it and try. The challenge now is everything's not everything. A lot of things are virtual, right? So you have the teams and the zooms and the WebExes that now we're trying to team this way. The commonality between the two is most people don't think about how to design the actual meeting. They think about the agenda. So we send out these outlines or, or agenda drafts of like, this is what we need to achieve in the meeting. No one's thinking about how to actually design the meeting to bring more energy to it. So going to like advertising agencies, the chemistry meetings, right? Of like, we have to get our team up to speed and we have to look like a solid team when we're pitching to these clients so that it looks like we've always been working together or working together at this high level. It's the same thought process behind that. Of like, if you're really going to increase energy or chemistry inside your team, you have to do that strategically. And that's the same with meetings, whether we're on site with each other or virtual with each other, you have to design things like let's warm up a little bit. Let's let's get our energy pumped up a little bit. Let's connect with each other. Let's remember that we're actually doing this together and we have a mission. We know what our agenda is. Now, how are we going to behave toward each other, whether it's in a strategy chemistry type of meeting or it's in a small team meeting of the minds where we really need to get a lot of ideas on the table and understand how to change our agency for the better. I love this. And I have so many questions around how to make meetings better on the, on the micro level. What are the small things that we can do in the beginning of the meeting, in the middle, in the end of the meeting, after one word from our sponsors. What if your business would run well, even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprints method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprints 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. 
For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com. How can we have crisp meetings where the energy is raising over time and after the meeting we have more motivation than before? What can we do in the beginning, in the middle, at the end? Tell us from your experience, from your toolbox. All right. So in that book, uh, Getting to Yes And, um, you'll find some of these techniques inside of there. It's a very prescriptive book, as you know. So let's start with this idea of um, strategy for behavior. How are we supposed to behave? If you don't know how you want everyone to behave and you're not articulating, sharing how you want everyone to behave, there's no way for people to live up to expectations. So for me, the first thing is clarity of messaging. Let's let's send out an email. We have a meeting next Monday. It's Tuesday right now where you and I are chatting and we're recording this. Um, let's have a meeting next Monday and let's send an email out today or tomorrow, Wednesday, that says, this is how we're going to behave on Monday. And be clear, like just three, three bullets, something easy. We want some energy, all cameras on if it's a virtual meeting and be prepared to participate. No multitasking you know, something super simple, respectful, then send a follow up email on Friday. Remember on Monday, this is how we're going to behave toward each other. Now they've heard this message twice, or in theory, read the message twice. On Monday, when you come in, all right, these are the rules of engagement that we're going to follow today. All right. So now er expectations are set. Everyone knows how we're supposed to behave toward each other. Cameras on, we're bringing a little pop of energy, no multitasking. Let's all be engaged with each other, look at each other. Second, a little bit of a warm up. A warm up, think about warming up like athletes do before games. Do you think athletes before competitions, you said soccer before, you think they're checking emails or like, oh my God, I told my, my a couple emails on a phone call. No, let's go play. Let's go, Manchester. You know, no, it's like they're warming up, they're stretching out. They're kicking, they're, they're getting in the zone, they're getting in each other's faces, they got the beats by Dre on, you know, they're really getting into the zone to perform at the top of their intelligence at the best of their ability. And that's the same thing a warm up is in a business meeting. So whether it's, you know, you could do simple things like walk up, somebody's in charge, Simon, Monday's meeting, you pick whatever meeting you want to see everybody walk up to, like, you know, their walk up music, and again, baseball. As batters walk up to take a bat, they hear their own music. So something simple like that, that gets energy or a dance party or whatever it is, be creative, come up with your own push-up competition, something that's like gets everybody active right away. It takes maybe five minutes. That chapter of the book made me pause. That was one of the moments when I paused to think about it. And I was like, he's right. The athletes have multiple points because, you know, there is training energy, training intensity, and then there is match intensity. And before match, you bring yourself to match intensity. And I was thinking, the average business team working remote, when is actually match intensity together? It almost never happens unless you are all going together to a big pitch and it's a presentation, but mm -hmm. it's not the whole team. It doesn't happen every day, sometimes not even every week for most businesses. Yes. I was thinking, where is actually that intensity? In our team, it's only the Tuesday meeting, the sales meeting, and only because I invite everybody to a sales role play. 
So we actually simulate match intensity because it's full contact with the client and you are either trying to get an appointment from a stranger or to close a deal with somebody that you are negotiating since three, three sessions. So we are simulating max intensity on a Tuesday. If you don't do that, when is actually match intensity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, uh, so my son is nine and I'm really, and my daughter's six. She's a little young for this language. However, for him, I and his other coaches are really instilling the belief of you practice like you play, practice like you play. Because if you're just pr always practicing at this lower level, then once it's game time, it's going to be hard to get to that intensity level. So I would even challenge a little bit those professional athletes. They practice at a high level too, right? I mean, their they're bad days are, are we will never get to that level get days, right? And as a runner, you know as well, like you got it takes a little time to get in the zone. There's some days you might not want to run. There's some days that you're running and... Uh, you're just not catching your rhythm quite yet. You're in your head about something. And then all of a sudden you kind of get in the zone. And that's what we need to focus on bringing our teams to the zone, that place where we're comfortable, the chemistry is high, cohesion is high, trust is high. And we're operating at a level that if a client was to watch us right now, we could pitch, we could pitch to them. And that starts with, for me, with that warm up, because that warm up, like athletes, you know, it's not just that they're warming up for the game. You just mentioned it. They carry that energy into the game. And that's exactly what a warm up is for any meeting. Like you build that energy up so you create momentum for the meeting. So you're not trying to like find that zone at the 30 minute mark of your 45 or 60 minute meeting just at the point where you're like, I got to get out of here pretty soon. I have my next meeting and your brain starts shifting to that next thing. You want to start at that first minute mark, I say at the top of the hill, not trying to get to the top of the hill to come down with momentum and energy and gravity on your side. Start at the top so that you're sliding down right away and moving very quickly. And that's how you're going to create energy in your meetings as well, because you're starting the energy, you're starting the meeting with big energy at the top. And then like physics, it keep that ball rolling, 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 rolling down the hill. And that should bring energy to a lot of your meeting. I like that. And, you know, it's energy and it's the, the purpose, the goal of the meeting. But if you have a great goal and you are super aligned, but the energy is not in the room, how much creativity is going to get out of that meeting, right? So energy is so important. And um, collaboration is another chapter. Uh, what is hindering collaboration and what can we do to improve collaboration? So there's similarities between on-site and virtual. So it, yet there's some big differences too. Do you have a direction you'd like to kind of steer this one? Most people listening, they have five to 15 people on their team and they're wondering, you know, how to create together, how to be creative together. They call it productive, but it's actually creating things of value yeah. together. All right. So it, uh, let's start with the commonalities between on-site and virtual, because not knowing with uh, your your audience, if they're five to 15 people are all in one location again, or if uh, a hybrid that sometimes they're in one location, sometimes they're not. Um, that 
chemistry and cohesion has to be rooted in trust. It has to be. And a lot of people take trust for granted. Like, well, we're talking to each other. So that means we trust each other. And that's not the reality, you know, especially if there's been some turmoil or turnover, rather, in the last uh, couple of years. People are like, "Is the, what's the state of flux? What's the economy? Where's the stability? I have to worry about putting braces on my kid. Um, but there's so many other things in my mind. Should I be looking for a new job? Do I like my boss? You know, there's a lot of things that can affect trust. And so for me, I start with a place of humility. Don't assume we have trust. Let's start putting blocks in place. And even if needed, ask like, how are you feeling about this? It doesn't have to be like, Simon, do you trust me? It doesn't have to be like that. It's like, how are you feeling? What's going on? You know, connecting on a personal level. And yes, that's going to take a little time, especially with the team of my teams, my core teams around five, that would take some time, 15, three times that amount. Yet what you're doing is investing in human capital, the people who are most important around you toward your success and your growth and bringing income into your business. And so taking that little extra time, maybe once a month, if needed early, you know, and maybe it's you have it in place, so you don't need to need to do it that often yet starting off to be just checking in with people take everybody's, you know, when you go to a doctor for the first time, or anytime you're going to the doctor anytime you have your physical coming up, what's the first thing they do? They check your vitals, right? They check your blood pressure, your temperature. That's what we're talking about with the team. Just dealing with it like you're going to check the pulse of everybody. Let's make sure the heart rate's there. Let's make sure the the blood pressure is on point. And then we'll start talking with each other about what to do. So if everybody is, is you have this base and you have that trust, then it's a matter of alignment. And for me, all of this comes into place by making sure voices are heard. If you're in that meeting, your voice is important and you should speak so that we can build off of you. And you, you just didn't create a book. You have also a course where we can learn this thing even, even deeper, right? Tell us a little bit about the course. Yes, the course. Thank you very much, Simon. Improvisational Communications. That's the course. It's on Teachable. And we're going to send you a, a discount link as well. Uh, it is a course that you will learn by doing the book is prescriptive you should learn by doing yet you know if you're reading how to ride a bicycle that's going to be a little different until you start bringing it to life in this program it's uh eight modules average video time is three minutes and 41 seconds so it's in these small snackable bites and you will literally play off of me i'll teach an exercise uh, I will show you the behavioral science behind it, why it's important inside a team, especially for trust and collaboration. And then we'll workshop it together and you'll play off the screen. I'll always encourage you to say, like, bring some other people in. Let's play with, if you don't need to play off of me, don't. Use these techniques and these tools with the person to your left, the person to your right. So you can actually buy this program and use it as a team building program for your organization. Oh my God, I need this. Where can we get this? You can get it on Teachable and you can go to businessimprov.com and buy it through our website as well. Oh my God. Yes, this is amazing. So we will put it here in the show notes and uh, we make sure people find it easily because 
this is really, really practical. We are talking here business agility, adaptability, turmoil around us. What can we do? We can just learn to cope with the fluid material better. And that's exactly the process that you have there from improv, from um, organizational uh, transformation and from behavior, behavioral study and behavioral analysis. This is what you have brought together for teams to navigate uh, turmoil um, stages. And this is where we are right now, all of us. So super, super relevant. I will grab the course and I guess many listeners will grab the course. Um, Bob, where can we find you if we are looking for you out there? You can find uh, Business Improv at businessimprov.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter, you know, all the, all the socials, all the good socials. Bob Coolhan, everybody, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll see you in your course soon. Thank you, Simon. Good luck, everybody. Have fun. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one sprint coach. Redouble your revenue in 90 days. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprint's method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprint's 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategysprints.com.